Throughout this episode, you'll hear occasional dynamically placed advertisements as well as host-read ads by me promoting the work of my sponsors, similar to what you'd experience when you're binging your favorite YouTube content. If you find the ads disruptive, consider joining my community on Patreon. Premium submarines receive full-length ad-free episodes, hundreds of hours of bonus content, and the ability to connect and chat with other listeners. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash backfromtheborderline. Welcome back to the podcast, my friends. Today, I decided to slow all the way down and make a cozy, relaxing episode where you and I can just talk about where I'm at in my recovery journey right now and the most important lessons that I've learned so far. We're going to talk about friendships, relationships, spirituality, all of it. And we're going to do it in a way where it's like you and me are sitting down and having a cup of tea together. So you know the drill. I'll go ahead and roll that introduction. And after that, we will sit here and share this space. I'm so honored that you're here with me. Let's get into it. All this focus, focus is supposed to be scientific, scientific, scientific. You have entered back from the borderline, where we walk willingly into the darkness within our minds and return home to ourselves transformed. I'm your host, Molly. I spent most of my life numbing the pain and emptiness inside me, unaware that my self-sabotaging behaviors and thoughts were destroying my ability to connect with myself and other people. One day, I decided I was sick enough of my own bullshit to hear life calling, telling me it was time for a change, and I decided to answer that call. On this podcast, we'll learn that when we see ourselves as the hero of our own journey, it gives us the best chance at finding our inner truth and integrity. Together, We'll learn to hold complex feelings, expand our consciousness and self-awareness while making meaning of our suffering. Are you ready to find out who you are underneath the weight of everything that's been keeping you stuck? If the answer is yes, follow me down the rabbit hole of psychological and spiritual growth. I'm so glad you're here. And with that, let's dive straight in to the episode. Hello everyone, welcome back. I love having these episodes where I feel like I can just sit down and relax and talk to you. I'll admit before it was really hard for me to do that because I was always concerned if I just show up without an exact plan and bullet points, are people going to even want to listen to me? And then I found out over time (laughs) that Sure, the episodes where I plan them out, like the splitting series, my first episodes, one, two, three, perform really well, and I really plan those episodes out, and people really appreciate them, but then also episodes like the episode where I talk about the hero's journey, which I think is episode 16, is by far the episode I've received more comments and feedback about how it just profoundly touched people and helped them 
that it's starting to give me more confidence to just show up and just be with you all here. I've developed a community of people who show up and listen. And yes, I have Instagram and I think we have around 12,000 people on there now, but even, and I get DMS on Instagram. Um, but every month I'm seeing like that we're up to like 30,000 downloads a month. We've surpassed 130,000 downloads total since this thing started around nine months ago since I started this thing. And it blows my mind that, yes, there are people that reach out to me on Instagram, but the vast majority of you are just out there just listening and taking this in. And I'm probably not going to hear from the majority of you that show up and listen. For me, I religiously listen to a few different podcasts and I've never reached out to the host myself, but I look forward to their episodes every week and I listen and some of these people inspire me so much and I've been listening to them for so many years that they have no idea the impact that they've had on my life and their vulnerability and showing up and sharing their journey And so I want to acknowledge not only all of you who have reached out to me, and I just appreciate that so much, but I'm also acknowledging those of you who don't reach out, don't necessarily follow me on Instagram, but just have followed the podcast and listen to this every single week. And I just want you to know that wherever you are right now listening, thank you. And I see you and I'm seeing these downloads on the podcast go up, 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 and you're part of that. And just thank you so much because this helps me believe that I'm doing something good. If people are continuing to download and listen and I'm seeing these numbers increase. And for me, it's not about a popularity contest. It's about just knowing that something I'm doing is putting positive out into the world. I spent so many years of my life making things the Molly show and making a lot of the people's lives around me probably pretty miserable because of the pain I was in. And we've been through this before. If you're a longtime listener, if you relate to that, then you're not conscious of these things. And just because we're not conscious of all the pain that we cause ourselves and others doesn't, it's not an excuse. It's not a free pass to keep doing it. But what it is, it's a free pass to relieve yourself of the shame of what you've done before to open up the possibility for you to make a different future for yourself. Because if I'm anything, it's living proof that you can go from hating yourself being on the brink of suicide, being terrified of death, blowing up every relationship and good opportunity with self-sabotage, and really feeling a sense of peace. I actually, you all, really now, nine months ago when I started this podcast, I... Yes, I was far along in my journey, but I didn't realize how much doing this podcast, talking to the people I've talked to, talked to, reading, all I do, (laughs) 
I need all of you to understand what my life looks like outside of this podcast. Cause sometimes you can show up and like, I realize that maybe I don't, I open up, but I open up, I'm listening back and I open up about a lot of the same stories, like about my past, but I don't share about what my life looks like now. And when I'm not working my nine to five, I am absorbing myself in books and it used to be more BPD recovery stuff, but now I'm just diving into like more psychology and myth and symbols and I'm constantly watching YouTube videos about people that inspire me and it's just changed my life and showing up here every single week for each and every one of you has also changed my life because now I'm contributing something and I never knew the dramatic change that that would have on me psychologically of doing something, contributing And I'll be honest with all of you, I got really burnt out for a while. I'm also realizing what the perfect environment looks like for me. How does showing up look like for me in a healthy way? When I first started my Instagram, I I read all of these things about how to perform well on Instagram and how to do well, and it says you need to be consistent, so you should be posting X number of times a week and you should be making X number of reels and you should be, um, posting on your story in this way and doing X, Y, Z. And if you want your podcast to grow, you need to post two times a week and on and on and on and on. Here are the requirements that the algorithm demands of you in order to get your message out to as many people as possible. And I was doing that. I showed up I posted really frequently. I did all the things. And yeah, my following grew a lot. My Instagram following grew really fast. But then something else happened. I got burnt the fuck out. I realized that I was just kind of showing up to show up. I was posting just to post. And I don't want to do that anymore. And... For those of you who are aware, some of you may not be, I also started a Discord server in January, and this was a recovery community for people with BPD, and I got so excited about it, and then I realized very shortly after starting that Discord server that this was not the way I wanted to show up. There was amazing things that happened on that Discord server, And for those of you who don't know what Discord is, it's just like a kind of like a chat server. Think about it like AOL Instant Messenger for those of you millennials out there, but just on crack. (laughs) I realized really quickly that I just did not have the tech ability. Discord requires a lot of like a lot more development skills. Like I consider myself to be a pretty tech adept person, but I realized very, very fast that I didn't even want to learn how to use discord in the best way possible. It's not where my skills are best suited. Not only that, I thank goodness. I attracted a couple of really incredible volunteers from the community who volunteered to be moderators and shout out to Robbie and Abby. If you're listening, you two are amazing human beings. 
and very the community grew really fast. We started in January and by mid-February we had almost 600 people there. And then I realized that there were people showing up in the channels and really just venting and they were in the beginning stages of their recovery and they were in so much pain and then their pain was causing other people to be in pain and it was just like a it was just it was also bringing my energy down and then I realized that it wasn't really right for me to be giving advice to people and then certain things happened to where my safety felt compromised and in discord when people don't follow the rules of your server you have to kick them out or ban them from the server and there were a few people that we had to kick out and ban and they started harassing me via email and all my different socials and the benefit of having a discord is usually that you can be anonymous but because of the nature of my podcast people knew who I was and they could reach out to me and vent their frustrations on out on me and it made me so emotionally drained I felt my recovery going backwards and more and more things happened to where the safety of myself and my moderators were feeling compromised and I had to make the really really difficult decision in February to shut that thing down and I am such a perfectionist it broke my heart to start something And it felt like giving up. And I hate that. But I had to reframe it for myself. It wasn't giving up. And these last few months have been such a good lesson for me and an epiphany for me in finding the ways that feel right and aligned that we want to show up in this world. And if something feels like it drains you of your energy, it makes you feel like you're backsliding if it feels like you're stuck in the circle jerk of sadness, you can make the powerful decision to step away. And what I found with my Discord server is there was a group of people there that were incredible human beings that always shared. There were people in there that were sharing things that I'd never heard of before and they were helping me. And I had multiple DMs from some of these people that were saying, Molly, I actually, I love what you tried to start, but Now, whenever I come in the Discord server, it's just quite a few people complaining about how stuck and horrible their lives feel. And if I want to have a positive outlook on my own recovery journey, like I, this, this Discord space just isn't a healthy space for me. And I found myself agreeing with them. I was like, my God, it's not a healthy space for me either. So I had to tell my moderators, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to take Discord off my phone. I'm only going to check it in the in the morning and at nighttime. And they were so kind and they're like, don't worry, we've got this. And I realize if my own community that I'm creating is something that I need to take an energetic step back from, how is this good for other people? And so something I've learned is that sometimes the highest form of love that you can offer people is something that they may not like at the time. But in retrospect, they thank you for that later. There's so many things that have happened to me in my life where I was so angry at the person when it happened. And now I look back and I'm like, wow, I'm really thankful that they did that. And I could see the love in the gesture that I couldn't see now. And that's what I hoped when I shut my discord down was I'm doing this out of the highest form of love I can offer. And I know that these amazing human beings that are in here will see that in time. And 
every single person in there was just a beautiful soul. Even the ones that were hurting and emotionally dumping on the server, you know, they're just amazing people that just want to get better. And what I realized when I did that discord server, when I was pushing myself to post every single day or three times a week on Instagram was that's not who I am. Who I am is what you're hearing right now is someone who just wants to share. I want to tell you how I'm feeling. I want to share with this amazing community out there of people who are listening to me every week and giving me that energy back. Even if I don't hear from you personally, I feel it. And I want to share with you. And in order for me to show up and do what I'm doing now, I have to preserve my energy. I have to be in a good headspace. And so what I've been doing the last couple of weeks, seriously, is like total self-care. And sometimes when we think about self-care, we think about, oh, bubble baths and cucumbers over our eyes and a glass of champagne and a massage. No, self-care is like going inward and really going, what in it is it in my life that causes me to feel overwhelmed and triggered and stressed? And for me, it was the pressure. And I needed to relieve those pressure points. I needed to see what was stressing me out. The discord was stressing me out. It had to go. Feeling pressured to show up on Instagram in a certain kind of way. It had to go. Feeling like I had to answer every single DM on Instagram. It had to go. So I set up an automated response on Instagram. You can do that now. Because what killed me is seeing DMs come through on Instagram and feeling like I had to respond because I hated how someone could like be asking me for advice and be in so much pain. And I had to just kind of look at that message and kind of them know that I saw the message and not respond. That killed me because I wish that I could respond to everyone. But I also realized that in all these amazing books that I've read, all the authors of the books that I've read have become like amazing surrogate parents to me older, wiser people that are giving me their wisdom. I don't think that if I would have been able to DM these authors and had them respond right away with advice, I would be at the same point in my journey as I am now. There's a reason why therapists aren't allowed technically to give you advice. That's why there's a stereotype of the therapist saying, what do you think about that? How do you feel about that? And it's almost infuriating right when someone won't tell you what to do there is a reason for that there's a thing called reflective listening that i've been learning about and basically it's this thing where when someone says something to you you kind of just reflect back what they're saying so if i'm practicing reflective listening with you and i say to you I am just having such a stressful time. I'm feeling so overwhelmed. I feel like I have to be consistent on Instagram and I just feel like I have to show up in a certain way and it's stressing me out. And if you're practicing reflective listening, you would say back to me something like, it sounds like you're really overwhelmed and feeling like you have to show up in a certain way. And that's making you feel like there's a lot of pressure on you. And I would say something like, yes, that's exactly how I feel. And then I'd probably open up to you further. Reflective listening is just basically kind of like parroting back what someone's saying to you rather than giving them advice. So if someone's saying, I don't want to live anymore, 
I don't even want to be on this planet. I just want to die. And reflective listening would be, it sounds like you just don't even, it sounds like you're not even feeling like there's a reason to be here right now. sounds like you're in so much pain. And then just letting that be. Not feeling the need to just tell someone what to do or give advice. And this is why I set the auto reply up on Instagram because I'm realizing it no longer aligns with me to give anyone advice on what they should do in their life. I don't know your life. I don't know the characters or the co-authors, right? We're the author of our own story. The people in your life are the co-authors of your story. I don't know you. I don't know your co-authors. And so would I really be the strong spiritual person that I claim to be if I could come in and just tell you what I think you should do? No. The reason why I set this auto reply up on Instagram is because I believe in every single one of you listening, you, you who are hearing these words right now, I believe in you. Someone in your life, the people that mattered may have not believed in you, but I believe in you. I believe that you know what you need to do inside. You know what the right next steps are. You just have to take away the noise. What are the things that are providing the noise? What are your discords, right? discord was it for me feeling pressured to show up in a certain way feeling like i have to answer everything right away that was the noise and now i'm cutting it out i'm turning my email notifications off at five o'clock every night i'm setting my phone on do not disturb for a while while i read i don't want to see the notifications i don't i don't have to respond right away i'm removing the noise what's the noise what noise is preventing you right now from hearing that inner wisdom that you have inside. Every single one of us has it. There's been times in my life where I feel like I don't. I know everyone talks about that inner voice that they have. Well, my inner voices torture me. That's what I would have told you probably even a year ago. I'd have been like, yeah, right. Fuck off. I don't have that inner voice that you're talking about. I promise you, you do. You just have to find out what is, what's the noise in your life that you need to cut out. And you don't even have to cut it out forever. You just have to find a way to minimize it, right? Because those of us with BPD, CPTSD, any other kind of mental health ailments that cause us to have a lot of emotional dysregulation, we feel like we have to make these all or nothing decisions. Like I, <laughs> the amount of times I just deleted my Instagram or deactivated it completely and then realized a week later I was back. Or decided I was just going to give up alcohol altogether. Or I was going to go vegan. I had to make these like really drastic decisions. When in reality now I'm realizing there's balance in everything. I don't have to totally deactivate Instagram. I can set boundaries on Instagram. And it was because I lacked discipline quite frankly. I I had all the power in the world to just make a really rash emotional decision to delete Instagram. But what I lacked at the time was the discipline to be able to set boundaries around it. Now I'm setting boundaries and it feels so powerful to do that, my friend. And I encourage you to do that too. I felt like I had to make sure my partner was okay. I felt like I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to. You don't have to do anything. You just need to set these boundaries up. You don't have to reply to that message right away. And I was realizing that I was caught in this, I have to, I have to, I have to spiral that at the end of the day, had I meditated, 
Had I taken time to read? Had I taken time to just like sit down with a piece of paper and for me, like write poetry, see what comes out of me creatively? I put all of that to the back burner. I recently got a guitar and that guitar sat there for fucking eight days before I even touched it because I was caught in I had to, I had to, I had to. So I have to do this. And then at the end of the day, then it's my free time. And by the end of the day, I was too tired to do any of it. So now boundaries, first thing in the morning, pulling a tarot card, meditating, reading a little bit of my book, practicing some guitar, leaving my phone away while I do that, then doing a little bit of work. And I'm really privileged to be able to work from home. And I I recognize that. I'm so grateful to be able to work remotely because as someone who struggled with BPD and CPTSD symptomology, like working in an office was torture for me. Now, Now being home, I'm concentrating on getting healthy meals and snacks throughout the day, taking a pause, putting my laptop away, practicing guitar in the middle of the day, cutting out the noise. I always used to be in this space where I'd be like, okay, I'll meditate when I have time. I'll take a walk when I have time. I'll create a meal plan and start eating healthier when I have time. And I was saying that when I was like 20 and now I'm 32. And I really realized like if I keep saying when I have time, when I have time, I'm going to be 60 something before I know it. And my body is going to be broken down because I have run it ragged. And I was running my body ragged and I ask you to right now, are you treating your body and your mind with kindness? I was not only depriving my physical body of like just exercise and I don't give a shit about going and like getting a massive ass and six pack abs and running or doing an Ironman. Like, I don't care about that stuff. But for me, I just like was just sitting around. I wasn't even moving my body. And now I'm realizing I'm exercising in my own way. I'll get up and do a 15 minute yoga video. I love yoga with Adrian on YouTube, by the way, this is not an ad for her. I just fucking adore her. She's got such good energy. She makes me laugh. I do 15 minutes because like 40 minutes is too long for me and that's okay. 15 minutes of yoga, 20 minute walk with my dog. And I don't time it anymore. I used to time what I do. Now I just go move my body and I do shamanic shaking. Now, I don't know if any of you have heard of this and it used to sound really like, what is this woo woo shit? But shamanic shaking is basically just like literally shaking your body around. I I urge you to Google it, but It's a nervous system reset where if you see an animal that's really stressed, by the way, do you ever notice how like if you have a dog that it kind of like shakes off after a bath, that sort of uh, motion that a dog, when they're wet, they shake off. Dogs do that even when they're anxious sometimes. And that shaking and same thing with animals out in the wild, a lot of times an animal will shake. It's to release that extra energy that they have and it helps reset their nervous systems. It gets them out of fight or flight. And so many of us that struggle with emotional issues, we struggle deeply, deeply with just being in a constant state of fight or flight. And I made this pact with myself that now I'm going to get a massage every month. I never do anything for myself ever. And I found this place that's like relatively inexpensive near me. 
to start getting a massage every single month, something I'm budgeting and saving to do. And I wouldn't think twice to go spend a bunch of money, like drop two or $300 on some clothes that I didn't need every few months. But now like I spend less than that. I cut back on spending stuff on stupid clothes that are just going to end up getting tossed. And now going to get that massage, I realized like how tense I was. My massage therapist taught me some exercises to relieve extra tension in my neck and my jaw. And now that I've been tuning into my body more in the last few weeks, I'm like, damn Molly, like you're constantly hunching your shoulders, clenching your jaw. I'm in a constant state of fight or flight all the time. My boyfriend saying something to me, I'm like, what? Always just wanting, ready to take offense to something, you know, always ready to read into it. I'm just like an animal that's ready to fight. Is that, does that like hit a nerve for you too? Do you feel that way too? <laughs> You're just like ready to go. I'm, I'm just ready to fucking take something personally. <laughs> just ready. I'm ready to fucking take it personally. Challenge me. Jaw clenched. Shoulders hunched. I mean, your jaw might be clenched right now. Your shoulders might be hunched. Tune in. Do you feel that? Do it right now. Like hunch your shoulders up as tight as you can. Clench your jaw. I'm doing it right now. And then just let it go. I just did it. It feels so good. And then you realize in that moment, you're like, oh my God, I'm doing that all the time. Do you know what that does to your body? Bringing it all the way back to those animals that are shaking and me saying I'm doing shamanic shaking. Like I just shake around. I turn on some music. Sometimes I turn on some like drums, like tribal drums on YouTube. And I will literally just shake around my house. I look like a fucking nutcase, my friends. (laughs) I would not want anyone to see me doing this. But when I tell you how fucking good that feels after you're done, you do that for two minutes straight just go as hard as you can. Just think about it. It's like head banging at a metal show. But like your whole body, shaking your arms, your legs, your neck, your hands. It feels so good. And then after that, I'll take a pillow and I'll just scream into the pillow as loud as I can. And when I tell you I've never felt a sense of relaxation after that, I'm doing that every day. Watch how your life changes. We hold so much stress in our bodies and we don't let it fucking out. We don't let it out. And so it comes out in our friends and family. It's like we're a pressure cooker. You're going to you're going to let these little spurts of hot air out at your family, your kids, your friends, your coworkers, random people that you don't know, people online. If you don't let it out, it's going to come out in some way. Now I'm letting it out in a way I choose. That's so fucking freeing. And now when I come across a situation that actually used to stress me out, I'm not even nearly as stressed out anymore about it because I'm letting all this excess energy out. And not only that, I'm putting up boundaries like I did with my Instagram, with Discord. I feel powerful, you guys. There's ways that you can incorporate that in your life too. This is easy stuff. So now it's like, I'm choosing how I want to work out. I don't have to go to Cosmo.com and say, you need to be doing bar Pilates. Like you need to work out this, this muscle and this for X minute a day. You need to take 10,000 steps. Fuck all that shit. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Fuck that. I'm doing my shaking, my screaming, my walk. If it feels good while I listen to my audio book, I'm doing a little bit of 15 minute yoga with Adrian. 
Sometimes I just sit down on the floor and just stretch. Sometimes I do a vagus nerve reset exercise. I encourage you to look that up. It's basically where you lay flat on your back. You put your arms interlaced, your hands interlocked behind your neck. And what you do is you look with your eyes, just your eyes to about a three o'clock position. And you hold that for about, they say 30 seconds to three minutes, depends until you feel like you have to swallow, yawn, or sigh. And this is what's called a vagus nerve reset. The vagus nerve has a lot to do with our fight or flight response. And they say it's a really good way of releasing trauma that's been stored in your body. There's a lot of science behind this. And I encourage you to just look it up yourself. These are things that have helped me. And as I've said in previous episodes, take what works for you and then leave the rest. You don't have to do all of this stuff, but I'm showing up and I swear I'm going to share all this with you because my life is transformed. I don't feel like I have BPD anymore. I don't feel like I have CPD, CPTSD symptomology anymore. Do I feel like I have, I'm still a very, very emotionally under controlled person? Fuck yeah. But now I feel powerful. I feel like I can, I can control it more because I'm taking care of myself and I know what I need to do now in order to make sure that I am on top of this stuff. I'm not losing my cool as much anymore. And when I feel like I'm about to, I can feel it in my body now. But before I was just unconscious of it all because I didn't do any of this stuff. I also encourage anyone that's listening who has a menstrual cycle each month to look into that. Something that I never realized was how important menstrual cycle awareness and tracking where you are in your cycle is so important when you struggle with emotional dysregulation. For me, my period used to be just something that happened to me and I just dealt with it as and when it came, right? And I'm really lucky where I have really regular menstrual cycles every single month, but what I struggled deeply with is PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that, but it's basically just PMS, but worse. So for those of you who really struggle with emotional dysregulation around the time of your cycle, I highly encourage you to look up something called menstrual cycle awareness and your inner seasons. And again, this is going to sound something pretty woo-woo and maybe spiritual and new age hippie shit for those of you who are first running across it. But I'm telling you, I hope that if you're a longtime listener, you've developed a certain trust in me that I like, I really do just share things that have worked for me. And I'm a previous spirituality skeptic. So basically your inner seasons are inner summer, inner fall, inner winter, and inner spring. And you kind of base your life around these different seasons in your menstrual cycle. And I will probably do an entire episode on this. If you're interested in this and you're hearing this right now and you're a listener and you're like, whoa, Molly, I want a whole episode on menstrual cycle awareness and what you've learned. I would love to make that episode but I want to get some feedback and hear from people first before I dive into that. But so for now, I'll just say, please, please, if this is something that you struggle with and you really, really 
have problems with even worse emotional dysregulation around the time of your period or you struggle with PCOS or endometriosis or just painful periods, anything like that, look up inner seasons and menstrual cycle awareness. And I have an app on my phone. It's free. Again, not paid. I never, ever advertise anything to any of you. you. It's called Flow, F-L-O. That's what I use. And when I start my period, I just click a button in the app and it tells me what day of my cycle, the day you have your period, that's day one of your cycle. And then I just check in what, what time of my cycle that I'm at. And I kind of base my life around that. And when you start looking into menstrual cycle awareness more about it, you will know what I'm talking about. And again, if this is a, something that you would like an episode on, please write a review on the podcast and include that in your review. DM me on Instagram. I'm just back from the borderline on Instagram as well. Leave a comment on YouTube, whatever. Email me back from the borderline at gmail.com and just say, yes, I want an episode on menstrual cycle awareness. And if I get enough feedback about that, I'll do it. But for now, that's what I'll share with you about that. It's been incredibly powerful for me. Another thing that I've incorporated for my hormone balance is something called seed cycling. And if I do the episode on menstrual cycle awareness, I'll dive into this more as well. Essentially, you just, it's four different types of seeds, sesame seeds, um, sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, and damn it, there's another seed. Four different types of seeds. You grind them up every morning and you use them in, I put mine in oatmeal, um, yogurt, something like that. And these help balance your hormones. And I'm telling you, I'm already seeing massive improvements in hormonal acne, in my emotions, and just my overall well-being. So highly recommend you just, and look, look it up. It's something that lots of holistic doctors recommend. Um, seed cycling and menstrual cycle awareness and your inner seasons. Please, please look it up if you are someone with a menstrual cycle. I just highly, highly recommend it. It's helping me tune into myself as a woman more as well. I feel like I've always really kind of not been connected to my own femininity. And so this is something that's really helpful. Highly recommend it for those of you. And like I said, please give me that feedback if this is something you'd like a full episode on. So all of these decisions and changes that I've been making in my life are just for my overall wellness figuring out where I'm holding my tension, figuring out where the stress is coming in my life, getting better sleep, regulating my blood sugar levels. So that means I'm eating healthy fats. I'm eating multiple times throughout the day, even if it's just almond butter and some nuts and a piece of fruit, like eating regularly every three hours, practicing menstrual cycle awareness, doing shaking, meditating, screaming into the pillow, releasing my stored up anger and energy. These are all things that contribute to our recovery. Are you doing these things? You don't have to do the same things that I'm doing, but are you tuning into your body? When I told you earlier, are you holding all that stress? Did you know that the term disease comes from dis-ease? Disease happens. We get cancer. We get all of these different autoimmune diseases. I used to get chronic rashes, so many different food intolerances that are gone now, by the way, gone. 
after I've started practicing all of these things, after I've been focusing on just my overall wellness, no longer struggle with this stuff. Disease is caused by accumulated stress and neglect to tune in and take care of our bodies over time. Now I'm realizing I don't want to go through that later in my life. I don't want to, as I said before, be like I was 20. These last 12 years of my life, I was always like, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I don't want to keep saying later, later, later until it's too late. I want to take care of myself now. And there are things we can do. Everything that I've told you now, besides the massage, is free. I don't spend a lot of money on my recovery, my friends. I would say (laughs) I've been trying to be better about my money management lately. In terms of, I've been good about saving and I've started investing recently, but I... I don't really like looking at my bank account balance. I don't know if any of you all can relate to that where I've just like, ugh, I don't like looking at it. But then recently my card got skimmed and I realized last year that I had gotten probably $500 skimmed because someone had my card and they'd just been making teeny little purchases on it. Long story, right? But it was a lesson learned where I was like, shit, I should probably look at my fucking bank account balance every single day. I've realized the most money that I spent, I'm like, that's a sidebar. Wow. I could really went off track there, but look at your bank balance, (laughs) look at it all the time and make sure every transaction that's made is by you. Just that's my advice for you for today among all of these other things. But what I also realized is I spend the most money that I spend in my recovery on audible, (laughs) on audiobooks. And again, I am not sponsored by Audible. I'm not sponsored by anyone. And I actually don't want to be ever sponsored by anyone. I want to continue making this podcast for you all so that you can just always know that whatever I say to you is just because it works for me, genuinely. So I spend so much money on books and audiobooks, I swear. That's the most money I spend. And it's the money well spent. It's like therapy. But it's therapy I can go back and listen to again and again and again and again by amazing human beings. So a lot of this stuff is free. Shamanic shaking, shaking around, screaming into pillows, making sure that you just get some better healthy fats. Like obviously, you know, healthy food, unfortunately is a little bit more expensive, a lot more expensive than unhealthy food. And we could do a whole episode on just the systemic oppression that so many people face. So hard for people that are underprivileged to even get access to healthy food. But there are little changes that we can make, even if we don't have a lot of extra income, to feel a lot better. And that's what I'm hoping this episode is about. It's telling you these things. Stop saying later, later, later. Stop putting ba- start putting boundaries around your time. Stop feeling so pressured to answer everything and share X amount of times a week on Instagram if you're a creator. If you're a creative person, make time to create in the day. Even if you have a nine to five like me, stop and make time for your creative process in the day. Other people don't have to see your creative work for it to bring you psychological healing. Do you hear what I'm saying? Being creative is something that human beings must do for our growth. And if you're listening to this podcast, that means that you're probably struggling with your mental health and BPD, CPTSD, EUPD whatever it is, all these stupid fucking diagnoses. I hate them all. (laughs) It means that you're probably a really creative person. 
Because if you're highly emotional, highly intuitive, all these things, you're creative. Are you doing something creative for you? Are you putting boundaries up on your time? Are you creating time for space? Are your fucking shoulders hunched up to your ears and your jaw clenched all day? Are you not going on a walk and just mindfully walking and looking at the sun and taking time to feel the sun on your face? Are you going outside and walking barefoot sometimes? I've also started grounding, which is going out and walking on the ground barefoot. I realized that I probably hadn't put my feet on actual ground because I've been living in cities and apartments for so long. When I was a kid, I spent all my time barefoot running around. Happiest time I can remember being really little. I lived in Wyoming growing up and we, I lived in an era where, and I was, I was blessed to live in a neighborhood with a bunch of other kids. We just were gone from morning until, especially in the summers, morning, sun was up, we were outside and we didn't come back inside until my parents would scream for us to come in for dinner at night, running around barefoot. There's a reason that we do that. You guys get out there, walk on the ground, get your sun, feed your body, keep your blood sugar up scream, shake, relax those muscles. What are you doing? Turn your phone off. Not only that, what is your social media presence looking like? Technology can either be, so many people say, oh, technology is the devil. Technology is horrible. Look what social media is doing. You know, I hear the social dilemma on Netflix, that documentary was super fucking um, disturbing if you haven't watched it. You know, it's basically just a bunch of ex-people that were very, very um, high up in companies like Facebook and Twitter and all of these other companies and just essentially saying what we all know, which is the currency of the digital age is our attention. And so these apps are set up to keep you on them for as long as possible. They don't give a fuck about your wellness. It's fucking us up, but we can curate the space online that we want. What does that look like for me? I unfollow people like crazy. I follow accounts now specifically that are poets, artists, designers. I love like archaeology. I love medieval stuff. I love anything like medieval ages. I'm a huge nerd about it. I'm a big nerd in general. And I realized like I want to follow accounts that get me creatively inspired when I go on my Instagram, not just a bunch of chicks that are literally digitally altered to look like almost like fucking cyborgs. They don't look real anymore. That was stressing me out. So now I've curated my Instagram to be a space that inspires me. And even then I don't spend a lot of time scrolling. And when I'm scrolling, I'm going like, is this adding to my day or is this taking away? And the moment that I feel like I'm kind of tuning out and tuning out of my body, I step away. So I encourage you to really, really ruthlessly. It's my challenge to you this week. And I encourage you to DM me on Instagram again, write a review and obviously leave an honest review of how many stars you think the podcast should have. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and write to me like, hey, I did my cleanse. I did shaking. I did this. I'd love to hear from you. I want to hear whenever I have said stuff and then people actually respond when I've like made like a call like this out and people respond. I always get so excited when people like write me and say, I did it. And it like made a difference. Like, so let me know. 
I challenge you to do that. Ruthlessly curate your social media feed and actively make it something that inspires you and doesn't make you feel like you don't have enough. I follow things that make me want to make art now, that make me want to come and talk to you about it. So do that for yourself too. Another thing that I've been thinking a lot about is my appearance and how much thinking about and obsessing about is a better word. My appearance has held me back and destroyed my ability to move forward spiritually and just as a human being on this planet. For as long as I can remember, I have been so worried about what I looked like. I was an ugly duckling growing up. I was always just kind of a nerd. I not kind of really a nerd. And I was never the prettiest girl in my class in elementary school. I I always didn't really fit in. I always felt like people didn't want to invite me places. I was always the one that kind of like didn't get invited. And I think looking back on it now, a lot of it was because I was just so emotionally intense. I took everything so personally. I got really passionate about things and I was really loud and my personality was so big. And when you're in school, especially elementary and junior high, high school, these are years where it's always better not to shine brighter than other people. It's always better to not be too big, too much. You just want to kind of blend in. And I've never been that person. And in junior high, I was so tired of being the ugly duckling that I tried so hard to be a pretty girl. And that was a box that never really fit me because really I was just kind of, I was a nerd. And I pushed down my love of learning and love of reading and my nerdy tendencies. And I forced myself to try to fit in with the cool crowd. And I still didn't really fit in, but I did enough. I did a good enough job of forcing myself into that mold and forcing myself to do all these painful things. Just all the girls that grow up now, like you know, the nails, the tanning, the fucking with my hair, the not eating, the eating, the just wearing the right clothes. And we were never the richest family. And so I had so many friends that could just afford whatever clothes. And I was just always just trying to cling on to fit in. And that just increased and increased and increased even more when I got into high school. And then when Instagram came out and I had been in college and I was going to a college where I was going to a private university in London where I was going to school with some of some filthy rich people. When I talk about filthy rich, like imagine billionaire oil tycoons daughters. And I'm the kid of two junior high teachers in Wyoming. I just, I felt so just like I didn't fit in again. And I'm just, that's when I started, I got my boobs done. I got started injecting stuff into my lips to where I looked like I had clown lips. I got my eyebrows tattooed. I was dying and cutting my hair and changing my clothes, changing my groups of friends. And I realized, where did that little nerd go? That just... that just loved to read and just loved to be. 
she was gone, you know? And I was going to stop the recording right now so that I could get my tears under control and re-record that part, but I'm just not going to do it because this is like a really natural reaction that I'm having when I'm talking to you right now is that I'm feeling now in my body like what I did to myself, none of it was me. And what I've done now, I'm so blessed to be in the space that I'm at now. Zaz, my partner, is just one of the most amazing people I've ever met. And he's just told me like, don't fucking care what you look like. You're a fucking rock star. And now I see the women that I admire most. Like, I don't know if any of you know who Chloe Sevigny is, but other women just like that just don't give a fuck what they look like. And focus on their contributions to the world and their and their artistic side and their nerdy side. And now I'm just not giving a fuck. And Zaz says to me, you're a fucking rock star. Rock stars don't give a fuck what they look like. And that's how I feel now. I'm letting go of my obsessive editing of photos, obsessive filtering, obsessive everything with my appearance and realizing, and this goes for you too, we're all going to get older our appearance is all going to just fade away into the dust one day. I want to focus on what the fuck I'm bringing to the table, the people I'm helping, the contributions, 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 contributions I'm making to the world. The connections I'm making. That's what matters to me now. Does stuff, do I still pass by a mirror sometimes and like want to nitpick my appearance? I've always been obsessed with mirrors ever since I was little. And I think that like, I don't know if any of you can relate to that, where I pass by a mirror and I've always been really transfixed by my reflection. And it's not a narcissistic thing. It's more like a, I, I now realize what it is, is I was looking at myself and just being like, who is that person? <laughs> I don't recognize her. I want to look in the mirror and, and recognize the person that's looking back at me. And I'm starting to happen now, you guys. And it's because of all this stuff. This is hard work. It requires reflection. And I didn't have any podcast like this. I didn't have any YouTuber like this, any influencer that would share the stuff I'm sharing with you. And I'm realizing this is why I'm here, is to have these conversations with people that need it. With maybe a person now who's listening, you, if you're, you're still living with your parents and you just feel like there's no one to tell you the truth. For the girl who's obsessively trying to fit in and be something that she's not and shove down her inner artistic nerd to try to be looking like Kim Kardashian or whatever influencer is out there. For the person who feels like they're too much. I'm making it for you. I never had anything like this and now I want to give it. I want to give what I never had to the people that are being so honorable and downloading and listening to me every week. Okay, I'm going to get it together. I'm pausing it so I can stop crying. <laughs> okay, I'm back and I'm, I've got it together now. <sighs> That's a little ASMR for you. Some tea drinking for you. Um, 
Another thing I want to talk about is friendship and the importance of friendship and how I've purged friendships from my life and how now that I feel like I have less friends than I've ever had before, I'm happier than I have ever been. I always was trying to just scrape up whatever crumb of friendship or love that I could get in my life. Whatever was offered, I would just scrape it up. Even if it was offered by someone who would just take, 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 take and never give give anything back. And I wasn't the best friend, really, because I was in a really, I was in the Molly show state of my life for so long, as many of you can relate to, whatever your name is. It's the fill in your blank, fill in the name show of your life, right? (laughs) And now I'm realizing what real friendship looks like. A while back on the podcast, when I first started, I interviewed someone named Melanie. Those of you who are loyal listeners will remember her interview. We did two a two-part interview. And when I interviewed her, I just we found each other on Instagram. Her Instagram is mind over Melanie. And she is an incredible BPD advocate on Instagram. And I just reached out to her early on in our journey, um, my journey making this podcast, if she wanted to come on. And our first conversation was like two and a half hours long and it turned into two podcast episodes but ever since that day Melanie and I have never stopped talking and it's turned into one of the most beautiful friendships that I've ever had in my life and Melanie and I communicate in kind of a interesting way we exclusively talk over voice notes so Melanie and I have developed like over the last six, seven months, we have been voice noting every single day and we'll sometimes voice note each other for five minutes. Sometimes it will be 20 minute voice note that I get from her or she gets from me. And I listen to her voice notes every morning on my morning walk. It helps me get out of my house to go on my walk because I look forward to listening to Mel's voice notes. And then I voice note her back and the beautiful part about this little voice note pen pal ship that we've developed is that each of us know that we don't feel like we have to reply right away. Some days if we're having a down day, we don't reply for a day or so. And each of us know that we'll get back to each other when we can. But having someone who's at the same stage in her recovery as me, who I relate to on just so many levels. We have so many things in common has been the most healing thing for me. And I just want you all to know that it's all of it together. It's me reading and finding words of authors that inspire me. It's me writing poetry and shaking and screaming into pillows and doing yoga. It's friendship. It's venting out things to Melanie and her venting back to me. It's a reciprocal give and take relationship. It's a healthy romantic relationship that I have now with Zaz where I realize it's not someone to complete me in a relationship. It's just a partner to walk parallel with me in this journey. It is feeding my body in a healthy way. It's being aware of my menstrual cycle. It's... (sighs) It's meditating. It's all of it. It's setting boundaries on my 
interactions with social media. My friends, it's all of that. And I've come up with this myself. It's little things I've collected along the way in my hero's journey that work for me. And I'm making it a consistent pattern in my life. And you have to find those things for you too. And a lot of what I'm sharing will probably help you. And you may try it in your life. But I encourage you to go out and find similar things that work for you. Because this is what recovery looks like. It's not ABC123. It's not an Instagram infographic of do these steps. Five signs you might be XYZ. Fuck that shit. It's none of that. It's all of this. It's all of it. So for those of you who listen often... You know how special myth and symbol and things like the tarot, these things mean so much to me and have been a companion for me in my recovery journey. And these stories and images and symbols have reparented me. They've given me the moral teachings that I missed out on when I was younger and the emotional guidance. And so I'm going to start sharing more of them with you in closing for some of these solo episodes that I do. And the card and the message that I feel is really relevant for teaching today is the Tower card. And the Tower card um, has a really, like, just imagine like a medieval castle tower and it's topped with a crown and a bolt of lightning is striking the top of the tower and it's a really violent looking scene and two people are falling out of the tower head first out of it and there's a crown on top of this medieval tower and the lightning strikes and the crown is falling off of the tower and the two people are just falling faced forward through the sky and there's the tower is on fire. It's just the most violent looking scene on this card, right? So when you pull it without much knowledge of tarot and not seeing it in this more symbolic way and knowing the psychology behind the images, if you draw that, you're like, well, I'm fucked. (laughs) If this is a sign of what's to come, I'm screwed. But as I've learned more about the cards, the tower is such an amazing card. And it's essentially this lightning flash, the the lightning that's striking the tower, that's burning it to flame and forcibly objecting these people out and they're falling out of it. This lightning in the card I've learned is giving these people an opportunity for a sudden glimpse of truth or like a flash of inspiration or a breakthrough. And that's what this card represents is an aha moment. And I don't know if you knew about this. I just found out that aha moment is something that Oprah actually came up with. Oprah is the first person to talk about an aha moment. If I'm wrong, totally feel free to call me out on it. But I read that. I don't remember the source. So again, don't quote me. But I I read somewhere that Oprah is the first person to say aha moment. But I talk about an aha moment a lot on the podcast. And like the moments that I realized in my recovery journey I've had many of these like, oh shit, I'm the problem moments. Like this thing that I hate about this person, it's actually something I hate in myself. 
or on and on and on, right? And the tower for me is such an important card because it's it's about that. It's those flashes of inspiration. And we have to be open to them to be able to move forward. And it's sometimes these mini deaths getting ripped out of what we once knew. And it's a painful moment, but it brings the truth. And after that truth comes a light. My book that I'm reading that I read from last time says the tower represents the hidden forces in your inner mind and also the mistaken belief that you're isolated from life and from others. Lightning strikes the tower to destroy ignorance and free the prisoners trapped within. The two people in the tower are the male and female aspects of your psyche. They've become disconnected from their inner depths and are thrown over. Psychologically, they experience this overthrowing as a state of depression which forces them into a new reevaluation of their lifestyle and values. The book then has a affirmation for this card, and it says, With a flash of insight, I'm freed of the limitations of my old mental habits. I discover new wisdom in a breakthrough of understanding. I love this so much because throughout this book, the entire description of the Tower Tarot card talks about how depression and how we feel depression is a sign that our body is giving us that something within us is tired of the bullshit. <laughs> That's not what the book says, but this is the interpretation I'm giving you. When we're in a depression, our body is saying, I'm tired of the way things are going. I don't want to continue on this way. I'm ready for something new. And that realization is what the tower card is all about. It's that thing inside of you that's telling you it's time for a change. I realize and recognize that I'm keeping myself stuck in some way. And I'm ready for the lightning to strike. I'm ready to be thrown out of the tower into something new. And yes, it might be scary because new stuff is always scary. A lot of us find comfort in our old ways and old habits. And we sink into a depression because a part of ourselves that we're trying to repress knows that we can't keep living life this way. And if that really just like is something that you recognize to be true within yourself and what I'm saying is really hitting you in the right place right now, I encourage you to follow that and find what that means for you personally because it's going to be something different for me and for you and for the next person. Something else I love about this book is that for every card and step in the hero's journey that it walks you through, it has different myths and fairy tales. And I've been doing a lot of research into Jungian psychology. And for those of you that don't know, Carl Jung is a psychologist, a really famous person in the world of psychology. He studied under Sigmund Freud and then broke from Freud because he disagreed with him in a lot of aspects. And he's a very spiritual psychological presence. And his work has really, really profoundly resonated with me. And he believed so much in the power of fairy tales and myth and lore and People from the beginning of time have been telling tales and stories to one another because he believed that poetry, stories, 
myths and symbols, they can communicate things that regular words never could. And so for each card and stage in the hero's journey in this book, the authors included a fairy tale or a myth or a old tale. And the tale that she included for the tower card is one that I'd like to read and finish the episode with. And how like cozy and nice is it to sit here and like read a fairy tale to you? I would have loved that in a podcast that I listen to. And this is my podcast. And I trust that you all like what my intuition is telling me to do. So here we are. I'm going to read you this fairy tale and let it speak to you in the way that it should, because it's all about this forcing ourselves out of this depressive state about trusting our intuition about that strike of the intuitive flash of lightning that tells us we're ready for a change and i think it's the perfect way to finish everything that we've talked about today so this story is called maid Meline. once upon a time there was a great king's daughter whose name was maid Meline. This princess loved a young prince, but her father insisted that she marry the neighboring king's son. Maid Meline refused to marry the prince of her father's choice. In a rage, her father decreed that she was to be shut up inside a tower for seven years. Food and drink sufficient for seven years were brought to the tower for Maid Meline and her lady-in-waiting, and the two were led inside. Then the door was walled up behind them. Maid Meline's prince rode around and around the tower many times, calling to her, but the walls were so thick that no sound could come through. Finally, believing she was dead, the prince departed. Time passed slowly for the princess and her lady-in-waiting. They could tell that time was passing by their dwindling food supply. Finally, when they were out of food, the princess expected to hear the sounds of the king's men knocking down the walls to set them free, but there was no sound. The princess thought her father must have forgotten her, so she tried to dig her way out. She and her lady-in-waiting took turns scraping the dirt. Suddenly, a bolt of lightning struck the tower and the wall crumbled. In the snowy night, the two young women saw the castle and all the kingdom for as far as the eye could see lay in ruins. In the morning, they began to wander toward the edges of the kingdom across bleak and charred countryside. At night, they slept under hedges and they found berries to eat. Finally, they came to a kingdom at the seacoast. They were able to find work as scullery maids in the castle. And as it happened, this was the very kingdom of the prince whom Maid Meline had loved seven years before. For those seven years, the prince had mourned for her, but finally he'd agreed to his parents' wishes that he marry. He'd consented to marry whomever they chose, saying it no longer mattered to him. His parents chose a very rich princess who was also very cold-hearted. The coldness of her heart showed in her face. The wedding was arranged, but the bride had not yet shown herself for fear the prince would change his mind. She stayed in her rooms and took her meals there. On the wedding day, the princess said to Maid Meline, who brought her meals, You will wear my gown and take my place today so the prince will not change his mind before the ceremony. You may not say a word to the prince. Afterward, I will take my rightful place by his side. Maid Meline protested that the scheme would not be fair, but the princess insisted, saying, Be quiet, or I'll have your head cut off. So Maid Meline put on the bridal gown and swore she would say no word to man or woman that day. The prince greeted her courteously, looking at her with surprise and interest, but she said not a word. He thought she must be very shy as he led her to the church. 
On the way, Maid Moline said to the nettle bush, Nettles stand aside, for I am the true bride. What did you say? asked the prince. But Maid Moline said not a word. When they reached the edge of the sea, she said, See, hold back your tide, for I am the true bride. What did you say? asked the prince. But Maid Moline said not a word. When they reached the church, Moline said, Church doors open wide, for I am the true bride. Then the priest joined their hands and they were married. The prince put a gold ring on Meline's finger and he kissed her and led her back to the palace for the wedding supper and dancing. The princess smiled at the prince but said not a word. She returned the bridal gown and put on her kitchen rags, but she kept the ring for it fit her finger too tightly to be removed. That night, when the prince came to the room of the cold-hearted princess, she veiled her face and dimmed the lamps. What did you say to the nettle bush today? He asked her. I don't talk to bushes, the princess replied scornfully. What did you say to the sea? He asked. I don't talk to the sea, she told him. What did you say to the church doors? He asked. I don't speak to doors, she scoffed. Then you are not the true bride, said the prince. Oh, yes, I am, answered the princess in a rage. Where is the ring I put on your finger? asked the prince. I lost it, the princess replied. The prince pulled aside her veil and was shocked to find she was a different woman than the one he had just married. Who are you and how did you get here? What happened to my true bride? he demanded. I was ill, so I sent my servant in my place today, the princess replied. Send for her. I would like to see her, the prince demanded. The cold-hearted princess agreed, but secretly she told the guards to execute Meline at once, saying, She's a thief. She's stolen my wedding ring. The guards seized Maid Meline, but she yelled out so loudly the prince heard her. He rushed to the courtyard and ordered the guards to release her. Who are you? he asked. You're the very image of my beloved Maid Meline, who died in a tower seven years ago. I am Maid Meline, she answered. I was shut up in the tower, but I did not die. When I escaped seven years later, my father's kingdom was destroyed, and I wandered across the countryside until I reached this castle. The prince rejoiced and embraced his true bride. He ordered the cold-hearted princess to be sent home. Together, the prince and Maid Meline ruled the land for many, many years. The tower remained standing. As children passed it, they would sing, Sunflower, moonflower, who sits inside the tower? Within there sits a princess fair. Nobody can find her there. No storm can make the tower fall, but lightning can break down the wall. Oak tree, willow tree, come and follow after me. The book says that in this story, the princess, or the inner self, is trapped within the tower, which represents the limitations and repressions of the material world. After lightning strikes and she is freed, she can finally overcome the obstacles that kept her from her true love or fulfillment. The lightning in the story is a symbol for the flash of insight that can free us from self-limiting ideas. And the book also goes on to say this about the story. In a psychological state of depression, we feel heavy and lifeless, without ambition or creative energy. However, this is an important state to experience because when it happens to us, it indicates that deeper layers of our personality have been pushed down until they can no longer be reached. The state of depression indicates that we are out of touch with important parts of ourselves. Often a creative person will experience profound depression before beginning a new piece of work, 
or at some time during the work. This happens because the person has overlooked some important creative forces which have become buried in the unconscious. We often feel that our depression is based on anger or frustration because we have failed to reach a material desire. However, a true sense of self-fulfillment can only be spiritual or come from within. The state of depression actually signals an opportunity for a new perspective that will enable us to find new directions and priorities. With depression comes the opportunity to re-establish a link with our buried longings so we can pull up repressed information that will become the basis for a personal breakthrough. This is the significance and the symbolism of the tower. I hope that you got as much from that story and that excerpt as I did. I realize that so many of us, we're stuck for a reason These feelings of depression are trying to tell us something. And for me, this entire episode has been me sharing with you what I've done to listen to those feelings. I was feeling stuck. And so I decided to make that my tower moment, my breakthrough moment. I let the lightning completely destroy everything I knew. And now I'm building something different. I'm learning what it feels to feel not happy not devastated, but just peaceful in an equilibrium. And I'm doing that by maintaining this state, by all the things I've shared with you today, all the things I've learned. I'm implementing them and incorporating them into my life. And I'll continue doing this with you. That's what this podcast is about. Always going to be here for you sharing these things. And myth and symbol and fairy tales These things have started to become really important to me and I'm going to incorporate them in this podcast because this podcast is now, it's about the hero's journey. It's about all of us walking this path together in our own way. It's not necessarily about BPD, one, two, three, here are five symptoms of BPD and how you can get over them. I just, I don't fucking like that shit anymore. It doesn't help me. It actually never really helped me. What are the symptoms of BPD? What are this? What are that? What are the symptoms of CPTSD, EUPD, depression, OCD? Am I quiet BPD? Am I this? Am I that? What are the labels? None of that's helped me. Everything I'm sharing with you today is what's helped me genuinely. So with that, I'm going to let all of you carry on with your day. And I really hope that something I've shared today will touch you and You'll incorporate it in your life and you'll pass it on maybe to someone else and we can just pay it forward with this spiritual growth and this self-awareness. That's what I want to achieve with this podcast. So I'm sending my love to you. I challenge you to incorporate at least one thing that you learned from all of this today in your life and watch the changes happen. This is hard stuff. Be patient with yourself. Remember you're a human being, not a human doing. You can only do one thing at a time. Give yourself grace and compassion. And I'll see you next week. All right, you messy, amazing, emotional, fabulous human beings doing this life thing. That is it for today's episode. 
I want to thank you so much for listening because out of all the millions, billions of podcasts in the world, you chose to listen to mine. And that means a lot to me. And if you listen this far, I know you never want to miss a new episode. So to make sure that doesn't happen, click follow in your podcast player of choice and you will be alerted every time I drop a new one. To help me grow and help the podcast reach as many people as possible, go ahead and leave an honest rating and review. Not only that, I love to hear your feedback, so please share it with me. I read every single review, and you just might hear it read out loud on the podcast. To connect with me directly, follow me on social media, and keep up with all the new updates, you can find that all at backfromtheborderline.com. And as always, any articles, resources, or other helpful information you've heard today can be found in the description of this podcast episode, so don't forget to check out the show notes. And until we meet again, remember, life is a circle, a cycle, a process, separation, initiation, return. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Back from the Borderline. If you'd like to receive my monthly written recovery musings via Substack directly to your inbox, send me a voicemail, join the Patreon community, or check out my Amazon booklist recommendations, visit backfromtheborderline.com and click to access my link tree.